Welcome to the Pilot Podcast, where we watch the pilot episodes of TV shows and recap other shows to answer your question, should I watch this? I'm your host, BJ, along with my co-host, Me Too, and this week we're checking out the new CBS show, FBI. So stay tuned to the end for all the twists and turns of this premiere. So as is kind of obvious from the title, this show is about the FBI. But it's pretty exciting with our cast and all of the like drama they have mm-hmm. investigating their cases. Why don't you break down the pilot for everyone? That was such an enthusiastic way of saying the FBI is about FBI. They're federal, they're a bureau, and they investigate. <laughs> Honestly, the FBI probably needs to do some rebranding in today's day and age. And that, you may not be a bad brand ambassador for them. I mean, I'm available. yeah the strum always available um okay so as a brief recap of the pilot episode which a lot happened we start with two kids who are speaking and it immediately starts with this jarring scene of those two kids talking about homework and having trouble with math class and then all of a sudden a bomb goes off in the building that they're outside of so special agent maggie bell shows up to the scene as does her partner, special agent Omar Adam Zidan, or OA, as he goes by. And so she and OA are there, and uh, they're trying to comfort the mother of one of the kids who was blasted, and another bomb goes off. Um, And the reason the FBI shows up is one bomb, maybe gang violence, I guess, if those gangs are (laughs) highly sophisticated. Two bombs is terrorism. And so that's why they came up. And it's supposed to be some kind of light homage to 9-11 terrorist attacks. And so basically we get into her and her partner and their team. So they have this like analyst back at the FBI offices as well as this uh, bureau chief and the head of the agents. I'm not I can't remember what he's called as the assistant special agent who is head of all of the agents. And they all work together to figure out if this is gang violence. They also bark up the tree of whether it's violence from um, this like white supremacist organization or if it's like international terrorism. And yeah, so basically a lot happens. Lots of bombs, lots of violence. Also kind of a slow plot for so many bombs and violence. But I think that's everything. Oh, and we learned that the protagonist, her husband died, and so she's like still recovering from that trauma and apparently showed up to work days later. So is similarly like, you know, putting away and compartmentalizing the trauma she's feeling from seeing those kids get blown up. Thanks for that recap, Me Too. I think you really covered a lot of the major points, introduced the characters. And this is a really cool show that does have some pacing issues. It's a little slow. But I thought it was really fun kind of seeing this serious perspective of the FBI agents trying to figure out who was planting all these bombs around the city. And there were so many suspects that even though you called it in the end who was really behind it, Mm -hmm. it was kind of fun to follow along with them. And I don't think I was like really a step ahead of them. I kind of felt like I was with them as they were solving the crime. And that was pretty fun, in my opinion. Well, you're not a Law & Order alum. That's correct. So this is by Dick Wolf, Law & Order creator, all those millions of episodes, as well as the Chicago series. So he has a lot of experience writing these shows about solving crimes and saving the day. 
So I'm sure if you are more familiar with the previous shows he's done, you might kind of pick up on his style and approach to presenting crimes and solving them. For me, it was all new and novel. I'm curious about whether they keep this format, because I know one thing that I find, one thing I find across the Law and Order episodes is you have likely suspect, and then another likely suspect, and then a red herring, and then a guy who's interviewed for some other thing, but actually is the one that did it, and then maybe like one or two more likely suspects, and then they're like, Mm -hmm. oh, remember when he said, like, uh, remember when he indicated the shooter was left-handed? How could he have known that? Or, you know, something like that. And then they mm-hmm. go back to the guy that they interviewed that wasn't orig- originally considered for the crime. And that's mm-hmm. kind of what happened in this episode. I don't want to give it away. But, uh, like, obviously, what the person that it ended up being wasn't one of the initial suspects. Yeah, and they so, overlooked him. Yeah, I wonder if they'll keep that format for shows... I. I don't know. It is comforting in Law and Order, but I think I expected a little bit more from FBI. I don't know. Maybe I expect more from the FBI over <laughs> local police. Maybe that's what it is. But I just that expected a little bit more of a challenge. I didn't. I mean, when you and I were watching, I looked at him and I was like, "He's behind it." And then I looked at another guy and I was like, "Yeah, he's funding it." Yeah, I think. I honestly think they're going to stick with this similar style, even though it is the FBI. Fair. They might try and up the seriousness of the crimes just to justify bringing in the government instead of local uh, law enforcement. But I think because this is a CBS show, they kind of know what works for a mass audience. And clearly the law and order formula has proven successful. So I don't see why they wouldn't just apply that again and again in FBI, but maybe add their own twist to keep it interesting and fresh. True. I think it competes with the This Is Us time slot, though that's potentially different audiences that would want a crime procedural versus a show that makes you cry uncontrollably for an hour. Right. But I don't know. Do you think it holds up against all of CBS's other crime shows? Because they have a ton I don't think this really stands out compared to the other ones, mm-hmm. but that might be that might be CBS's logic behind greenlighting this show is that they just want another one so that if you are into crime procedurals, Word. you'll have something every night. Cast a wide net. Yeah. That's fair. So what were your initial reactions to the pilot? My initial reactions is that and this, I'm sorry, guys, listeners, you know, we're judgy and I hate to do <laughs> this, but there are some things that just did not make sense to me. Go. Number one, this was the biggest thing. When they see the guy like selling a bomb, they catch it, catch him on film. This guy with very distinct tattoos is in broad daylight <laughs> in an open public area where there are security cameras and he and the guy he's given the bomb to look directly at the camera so the FBI has clear yep. image of yep. their faces. It's like you could not have made that more convenient for them. I think I tweeted from our account something to the effect of bomb and drug exchange in broad daylight looking directly in the camera crime getting lazy because really i expect more of my criminals yes take some precaution be sneaky at least do it at nighttime 
if I were a crime lord, that would not be appropriate behavior for my gang. Yeah, wear a hoodie, wear a mask. So that stood out. Also, the first, I believe it was the first apartment that they bombed in the beginning of the episode. Mm -hmm. Like a second bomb went off in that building that just collapsed the whole thing. And it was very interesting that even though it is like literally right next to other apartments. Yeah, it is set in New York. These buildings are touching. Literally touching. Only that one building perfectly collapsed Mm -hmm. down and didn't damage any other buildings. Unscathed. And then my last two nitpicks so we can actually talk more about the episode and the plot. More science mumbo jumbo when they were talking about bioinformatics and phenotypes. Like, I know it sounds cool, but... It's not as big of a deal as they were making it seem. You better science on them. I love that you're a scientist. Thank you. And last, and you pointed this out, at one point they were interviewing a suspect. I believe it was a suspect. And one guy, the main guy, OA, is that his Mm -hmm. nickname? He was taking notes in his little notebook. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Somebody needs to teach that actor. I think his name is Zico Zaki. Somebody needs to teach him how to pretend right because it looked like he was drawing either flowers or stick figures. He was making huge flourishes and it's such a weird note, but they took up he was he had one of those tiny little legal pads and it mm-hmm. the whatever he was scribbling took up for sure half the pad. Each each letter if he was doing letters. Like why didn't he just write real words or write the alphabet, write his name? Just actually write. You know who does that the best or who had to do that the best? I read Rain Wilson's memoir, which is a ridiculous <laughs> sentence to come out of my mouth, I guess. But he talked about how in The Office they were the... He played Dwight Schrute on The Office. He talked about how they were all the be- the highest paid background actors on TV because they always mm-hmm. had to be... Because it's an office, they always had to be in the background of other people's scenes. And so they mm-hmm. literally got bored and asked for like games on their computers. They got internet access so that when they were typing, because that's another pet peeve I have is when it looks like someone is just button smashing. So when they were typing or writing things, like Stanley really was doing Sudoku and like Rain Wilson really was like, so he said he would blog. Like they were really that. writing things. Because like, what else are you going to do? And so I just feel like in that scene, it was such a choice. I don't know. This reminds me of when we were watching one of those cheesy Hallmark Christmas movies. A favorite. We got to see the screen of like one of the reporter's notes or something. Yes. And on his Microsoft Word doc, which I just pulled up as you were talking about this, it literally says, it might sound cheesy, but this inn has reminded me what Christmas is supposed to be about and has, without a doubt, given me the most beautiful gift I never thought to put on my wish list. Fall in love. The best girl in the we're falling in love with the file list colon falling in love. Falling in the love with your dreams. We can all the this. <laughs> and then it's a series of <laughs> button smashes. As an example of what we saw. All of this to say is Dear actors, when you have to take notes in a movie, make some real notes. Talk to the writers. Maybe you can work together on what you should actually write Mm -hmm. just in case your notes show up on camera. Or in case you look crazy like OA and do those huge swooping movements. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
Okay, so back to the plot. Yes. Me too. What did you think? Because you were talking about your concern with the structure. What did you think about what happened when they finally solved this crime? Were you satisfied? I do think it's satisfying. What? So while I... And this gets into my rating a little bit, which I guess we can start soon. I found the plot to be slow. I found the plot to be highly predictable. I knew it was like I knew who did it, who done it, if you will, as soon as mm-hmm. I saw them. But I can't help but still be satisfied by the end. There is something about procedurals that it feels so good when it's like, you know, when it's just neatly buttoned at the end of a show. I feel mm-hmm. like. I like that I watch some shows that have like slightly complicated plots and you have to keep track and it's like interesting to kind of keep, you know, getting at or cracking the nut or whatever the phrase is. But there Mm -hmm. is something to sitting down and after 40 minutes, you've reached a conclusion. So I did feel good in that sense. It's kind of like a tasty video. I don't want to try like 90% of the recipes I see. It's just satisfying to see someone start and finish something. I can't even, I don't even eat meat. I can't eat most of them, but it's just, it just feels good. Yeah. You get a complete story each hour along episode. Yes. So I think unless there's any other points you want to talk about, it's time to head into our ratings. Uh, I just want to say that Missy Peregrim has some like pretty intense fans online. She has like a little bit of a hive. And so it's interesting to see two people who are famous for, I guess, both comedies and crime dramas beyond this show. Because the protagonist, she comes from Rookie Blue, but she also comes from Stick It, which was like one of the movies of my youth. And then Jeremy Sisto, who's the chief special agent, he he was on Law & Order for a long time, but he also did Suburgatory, which I really loved that sitcom. We've been seeing like comedy people land in these drama shows and it's nice. I feel like comedy folks have more range. Yeah, it's good for them to try and to try a new character so we don't always see them in one role. Though I I I think people who act in comedies sometimes it feels like they have more range than people who act in dramas. Yeah, but then again, it's tough because I feel more with comedies if that's their first role or their biggest role you always see them as a comedian oh yeah 100 percent typecast like all the snl actors you're always going to think of them as snl people yeah few of them have been able to break out and i feel like usually when they try to break out they're ridiculed i feel like kristen wig has crossed over a few times successfully bill Hader, but i think for the most part yeah they don't get that opportunity to to explore their range yeah Cool. So now that we've weeped for wealthy celebrities, though, on mm-hmm. okay, let me not let me not be that sar- sarcastic. I feel bad for people who aren't allowed to explore the full range of their creativity because I'm sure that's their happy outlet. I don't want to end on that shady a note <laughs> as like <laughs> I'm playing the world's smallest violin for very rich people or something. Not going to end on that. So now let's get into our ratings. Beach. Okay. What are you thinking? So for FBI, I'm going to give this. I would watch casually. Mm-hmm. I think the good thing about procedurals is that you can come in and out of these. So I don't think I'll be a weekly viewer. But if I want a good crime show, if I just want to see the FBI save the day, I think this is a good show to choose. So I would watch it, you know, maybe once a month, catch an episode and enjoy it. Okay. I respect that. I agree. I think I would do one step 
more casual than that, I would do, uh, which this is a rating we haven't done in a while, but would watch while doing laundry or folding laundry. I would do it while I would watch it while I'm doing something else, like have it on in the background. Right. I think I'll always be an SVU girl or actually my favorite is OG Law and Order. It's like interesting and it'll be cool to see some bombs go off occasionally on screen and stuff. But I don't think this pilot grabbed me in such a way that I would I don't think I'll give this show my full attention. And I don't think that was I I, I don't think that's honestly what it was created for. Mm-hmm. I think that's fair. Yeah. Okay, guys. So if you want to find out about other shows that you should watch, check out our website at thepilotpodcast.com and subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, and Spotify. And please leave us a rating and review. You can follow us on Twitter at The Pilot Pod. You can follow us on Instagram at The Pilot Pod. You can like us on Facebook at The Pilot Podcast. And you can send FBI theories, not conspiracy theories, theories about the show. I mean, I guess conspiracy <laughs> theories too. What ifs? To ask the pilot podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Bye.